Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Palm Sunday, or as the account is called in the Gospels, as we have it, the triumphal entry. When I was a kid, I basically just remember palm branches. You know, simple. You, you, you all get palm branches on the way into service, and maybe you go and you lay them up on the altar. And uh, if you're lucky, like we are today, the sun is shining, and spring is in the air, and the anticipation is building, all leading up towards Easter and summer break, probably. So my, my feeling of Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry is just one of joyful anticipation. And I think that the same could probably be said for those who were proclaiming the king as he entered into Jerusalem. But there may be a caveat. What were they anticipating? And did the king follow through? Did he do what he came to do? And it was, was it what they expected? And the answer to many of those questions is probably no. And so the picture that the Gospels actually give us of the triumphal entry is a little bit more nuanced, just a little bit more complex. And I think you'll find with me that it rings truer to what you know of your king and how he has been working in your life and in the world today. We're familiar with the coats, the, the outer garments strewn upon the road and the palm branches and the joyful shouts. But how do you imagine Jesus? At that time. Triumphant king. Riding in on his horse. Well. The whole point of the prophecy. In Zechariah. About the king coming. On a donkey. The whole point was to say. That the king you're expecting. Expect a different one. The victorious king is not going to come riding with chariots and horsemen and all his captives behind him. He's going to come afflicted, himself delivered by God. It's a different kind of king and a different kind of kingdom. This is what the prophets were trying to tell the people. And Jesus, as he's partway through the triumphal entry, he stops and he looks over Jerusalem. And do you remember? Not exactly what you would anticipate in the middle of a joyful entry. 
of a victor, a king coming to his town, to his people. He sings that, that woe to Jerusalem. He cries out and prophesies against them that they will all be destroyed, that not one stone will be left upon another. And when he gets into Jerusalem, I think a king comes, what happens? You know, maybe you have the, the triumphal procession up to the palace or to the temple, and you're met by all kinds of uh, important people. And then you have a feast with wine and meat and celebration. And then everything is happily ever after, right? Peace and prosperity and justice reign in the kingdom. But the way Mark tells it is Jesus comes into Jerusalem after being proclaimed son of David, Hosanna, Lord, save us, blessed are you. And he walks around, takes, takes a look around, and he goes, ah, oh, it's kind of late, and he leaves. Not what you expect. Not what they expected. The prophets proclaimed this king beforehand so that the people would recognize their king, so that we would recognize the king. And so that we would understand what kind of a king and what kind of a kingdom and what kind of a life we have living in that kingdom. And the prophets, they seem to talk out of both sides of their mouths. You hear of everything I said, justice, prosperity, goodness, neighbors meeting together in the shade of the trees, all things good. And then you also hear God striking down his own king and the blood of the lambs flowing through the streets. So what is the reality? What did Christ come to do? And did he do it? You see, to the world, it looks a lot like it did to the Pharisees, right? And if we examine our own lives, it makes perfect sense. My experience of this world is not exactly all peace, prosperity, joy, and glory. And it's that incongruity that the prophets want to do away with. 
And so they told you beforehand. This king, he wouldn't only be a king, but he would be a priest. And this priest would bear the sins of all his people. And the blood of this priest would be poured out so that those in his kingdom could live. You see, the fact that Christ was going to come as this lowly shepherd, this lowly king, this one on a donkey, it shows us what we are. And it's only because of what we are that that king had to come as he did. When people imagine God showing up on earth, it doesn't look like the triumphal entry. It doesn't look like Good Friday. But the reason that it looks like the triumphal entry when God shows up is because we are unholy. Because we cannot save ourselves. Because we can do nothing. And so God shows his true heart, his true face in being lowly, in taking up our burdens, in shedding his own blood and giving his own life. That paradox is that if we are looking for a different kind of king, if we want a different kind of king, then we get judgment. But if we receive this king, then we receive everything that we ever wanted. And that is what made the crowds proclaim Hosanna. What made them recognize him as the king in spite of his lowliness, in spite of the fact that everyone following him was just as lowly and downtrodden and poor as he was. It was the grave clothes falling from what used to be a corpse. Jesus had just raised Lazarus the day before. And that report went out and people flocked and on the way he brings sight to the eyes of blind men you see the faith that we have the faith that God has worked in our hearts allows us to see through the lowliness to the glory But so long as this earth as it is now endures, 
And so long as sinners remain, what it looks like when God shows up on the earth looks a lot like the triumphal entry. And the glory and the peace and the joy that we desire here and now is in the future. Just as Christ, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So our lives as subjects in that kingdom are ones of hope and faith. That is what the prophets wanted to tell you. It wasn't just some gimmick. God wanted you to know that the suffering and the pain that you endure does not mean he doesn't love you. Does not mean that Christ has failed. Does not mean that God has abandoned us. It just means that the glory is yet to come. And John says that the disciples who were crying out actually didn't totally know until after the resurrection. And then everything clicked. And so... I imagine it will be something like that when Christ comes again. What we know from the prophets, what we know from the evangelists, what we know of Christ and his kingdom and the glory that awaits us, is going to be, is going to make this here and now look so partial. We're going to, I think I understand to some degree. But when I see him come with the clouds and I see the tombs of all those who believe crack open, then we will know our king as he is. And until that day, we can shout with the same joy and hope as those who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem. Because we know that it does not end in Jerusalem. So Hosanna to the King, to the Son of David. Blessed is He. He comes in the name of the Lord and He comes to save. And the life that he gave and that he won for us is just beginning and it endures for all eternity. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your, your goodness in revealing to us the kind of king that you were going to send. We thank you 
for the suffering and death that he gave on our behalf. And we thank you for the hope of new life that we have in his resurrection. Give us the strength to continually fix our eyes and our hearts and our lives on that joyful truth as we await his true triumphal coming when we all will pass from this veil of darkness into pure, eternal light. Heavenly Father, may we testify and proclaim this Savior's name in all that we do and say in our daily lives. Give us that hope, Lord Jesus. Amen.